He said, Rad Source Technologies. Oh my God, I gotta tell you, they saved my butt. In order to clean the cannabis of, uh, of the contaminants for public safety. So in terms of fun, we love blowing stuff up and, uh, and, and we get some really cool product out of it. It's a big health concern, especially like George said for immunocompromised patients. Welcome to Weed Buds Radio. I am your host, Rye, and I'm in the studio today with Matt. Check one, check two. Check it. Sound good? <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Perfect. We're here in the studio, and we were just looking at an article and news clip from KLAS in Las Vegas, Nevada, where they were talking about a testing lab that was shut down due to failed testing in detecting pathogens and microbes in cannabis. Right. And so in like a little simpler terms, basically there's mold in in the cannabis. And nobody wants that. You know, I think we don't want that in any products that we consume. It's sort of a bad sign. But what the article does also go into more detail about is the fact that it did pass the tests, right? When it first got to the store, it passed the test and then it sat on the shelves for a while and then the mold came. So there's, there's a, some sort of problem happening there where the product needs to get out faster. And today we have a super interesting podcast that discusses all sorts of these microbes and interesting science stuff. And Rye had the opportunity to meet these guys out at MJ Biz. Yeah. So I was, I was just looking online and Aspergillus, I believe is how you pronounce it, for people with weakened immune systems can cause lung disease and can kill after as little as 10 to 14 days. So for, yeah, so for those with any sort of autoimmune uh, disease, like this is, this is scary stuff. And I think that on top of this discussion is a a longer discussion we've been having about the quality um, and just as the industry grows, the standards need to be created. So that's been sort of throughout our podcast, we've been talking about the policies and how to keep the standard really high. Well, and that's why we had uh, our official Weed Buds policy advisor, Diane Russell, join us. While we were in MJ BizCon, we were having this conversation as, as well, and it was something that I realized I had never really thought about, but from a consumer safety perspective, I don't know why not, but we had the opportunity to speak with a company that's doing something about this, and they're actively engaging policymakers because we don't know what we don't know. And until this, I didn't know as a consumer that I should be concerned. So we're very lucky to have uh, Simone, George, Tim, And Justin is going to kick us off and tell us how he got started, not just with Rad Source Technologies, but also in science. So let's take it over to Justin. I got my PhD in chemistry, which was not fun, but it was totally (laughs) worth it. And found this this industry kind of, and this company kind of by coincidence. I was, um, my, my now kind of mentor who's going into retirement, I was cold called by a guy I was working with when I was working on some equipment in the clean room and uh, got hired, uh, worked my way up to research and development manager. So now I get to play with all the new fun tech that we work on, all the new fun equipment and the new products coming out for our lines. 
the fact that we were a medical device company was huge um, because it really has a global impact on it has a global impact and it's a tangible global impact to know that the the units that you're building and the 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 designs that you made are actually helping people around the world is, is really a part of what drew me and has kept me in grad source so in terms of fun we love blowing stuff up and uh, and and we get some really cool product out of it so. so tell for our audience who doesn't know who you are give us a little backstory on who rad source is and what it is that you do so rad source is a company that primarily used to deal on the blood market um, for a disease called graft versus host disease, so for blood transfusions. Um, what we found out is the technology that we use in that market is also the technology that they use in Canada and in the Netherlands for the last 10 years in order to clean the cannabis of, uh, of the contaminants for public safety, for the health. For health. So about two years ago, we started using our technology, which is a patented technology, uses light photons in order to, to clean the product. Um, and, uh, and we've started applying it to the cannabis market, and the response has been over overwhelming. Um, we're, we're, people that have had problems for years are now going through testing, passing state testing, and um, and uh, they're, they're very very much enjoying working with us and doing testimonials with us. And so, go ahead. That, yeah, actually, that's a big thing that I've seen at this show is companies literally coming up and thanking us. You, you saved our company. You, we, we were in trouble. We were going to go under, and all. And you've completely turned our company around. We're expanding now. It, I mean, we've even heard stories of that, and it's, it's unbelievable. Well, I have a funny story for you guys. You, uh, so I was just randomly sitting at the Canada Lounge here because my feet were killing me from days of walking on them, and some guy randomly comes up and was like, do you happen to know where... Uh, a map might be and I said well there's one on the phone on the app he didn't know what the app was so I instructed him anyway so well, what, let's just look it up what board are you looking for he said Rad Source Technologies and I said oh I was literally just texting with them about those podcasts we're going to do tomorrow and he's like oh my god I gotta tell you they saved my butt <laughs> like <laughs> we, we were having happens. real issues so when you say cleaning the product can you, so a lot of industry uh, folks will know what that means, but for folks that are coming into this and are more consumers, right. what does that mean from a consumer perspective, from someone like me that tends to be a bourbon girl, right. but is, now that it's legal, trying some things out? <laughs> so basically, um, and it's, you know, clean is a very broad term, so when, when the, after cultivation and after curing, um, they go to package and, and they put the flour in the bags or whatever, the bins, that flower uh, may contain total yeast and mold, aspergillus, E. coli, uh, salmonella, you know, dangerous pathogens that might be in there. Now, we don't touch heavy metals, we don't touch uh, pesticides, because we don't, you know, we don't unpack the chemicals. Um, but the, the microbials that are in the, in, the, in the flower, we actually have a very definite impact on, on reducing those. Um, we, we, we're not supposed to say zero, but the, the test results, depending on the state, come back as zero or too few to detect, which is important because now in some states they're doing secret shopper programs where even if you get it down below state testing level of, let's just say it's 10,000, you get it down to 7,000 or 5,000, if it goes on the shelf, it's still continuing to grow. So if they go back a month, two months later, even weeks, they might be above now the state testing level for mold and mold. And so you guys make sure that that product isn't going to ever have that problem. If with the proper use of our equipment, you have too few to detect, 
which means that it will be almost impossible for you to get caught yeah, to, with yeah. the with the secret shoppers or not get caught, but it, that right. it'll crawl above the limit. Yeah, that it will go back yeah. above. Just the 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 data we have from an independent lab that we work with in Vegas has shown, you know, if, if we've seen samples where if you submitted it and the levels are passing, you put it in a fridge for four months, which you would think, you know, it would slow it down, grows back above the limit. And then we put that same product in our machine, remediate it, comes back two feet of detect. So if you're a consumer, this, it might not really seem like, you know, it, it makes sense, right? We, we need to take out these these toxins or and make sure it's not molding, but but why? We know it's not good for us, but what, you know, what can this lead to? They can lead, there's all, I mean, they can Google what the aspergillus does to the body. Um, they can also look at total use of mold and what, what the impacts on health, especially for people that are immunocompromised, you know, uh, the medical, uh, the medical marijuana uh, patients, but it, it's a uh, it's it's a pathogen. It's a microbial, and uh, the they do it in the food business. You know, for strawberries. There's plenty of foods that run through uh, uh, irradiation. And and even at this show, we've had people who come up to us and said, "Hey, I'm allergic to a lot of these things." So it, it, even even just being in the presence of it makes me break out or itch or my head swells, all that stuff. So. It's a real big issue. It's a it's a big health concern, especially like George said for immunocompromised patients. You've really got to get these to under control and, and, and into a safe level. And is there a way for consumers when they're you know say at a dispensary and there you know there's all these jars of, of product and flour and they're looking at that? Are there things that the customers can can detect that? So, so the interesting thing about our technology, and you know, people have to do their homework, but they, comparing different types of technology that use chemical or heat in order to, to try to do the same thing, because you know, heat will kill, you know, bacteria and, and viruses, um, and so will, so will some chemicals. But uh, the interesting thing is, is that we've got a cold treatment. It uses light. It's just invisible light, and uh, and it stays. It, it, it does not impact. Uh, significantly little impact on THC, terpenes, cannabinoids, moisture, um, color, texture, yeah, smell, taste, all that we, stuff. You, the, you the, can't tell the difference. Yeah. That's and that's the crazy thing about it. You, you go, you look at it on the store shelf, and it will look what, whatever they put in looks the same coming out. It doesn't turn brown. It doesn't dry out over right. excessively. It's not too moist and spongy. It's you know, and, and we have customers that have given us photos. Um, we have customers that have actually mistakenly sent untreated product into state testing because they can't tell the difference between what's been treated and what hasn't been treated. Right. So, so from a public health standpoint, um, how do consumers demand that this kind of technology be available? And when we talk, you know, regulators are talking about testing for certain things, but there, there's not a lot in terms of remediation that's in the conversation, at least in the regulatory side. It's, a, it's funny because it's, it's starting to come on board a lot now. Um, like, they, they're, they're really, I, I got to hand it to the legislature, the legislators, because they are really looking after the public safety interests. And, and even the identification is of the aspergillus, because aspergillus is one of the, the molds. And like I said, you can do your research on, on Google like I did, but it's one of the molds that will actually go through the, the, the lung into the bloodstream, even even if it's smoked into from the flower. So, um, you know, the, the, the heat doesn't kill it, you know. But um, 
Uh, but they're they're jumping on that. They're doing the secret shopper programs. They're making sure because they've had in California and some other states they've had people that have died, um, you know, from 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 these types of uh, pathogens in the product. You know, and you want to make sure that when people, if people are if you're running a state program in order to provide medicine to people, um, you want to make sure it's safe and effective, or they can just go on the street and buy it, and, right. and they can get they can get harmed that way. And what's the per- what's the point of having a legal market if it's not regulated right. for consumer safety? Right. And they're do- I mean, this, like I said, the regulators are, are doing great. They're, they're, a lot of them are playing catch up um, because they there's are. so much that's going on. When I first introduced legislation in 2011, my bill looked vastly different than when I introduced it in 2016, right? Um, and because I, I had to learn so much and, you know, I looked at my best friend, uh, David, who ran the uh, referendum campaign with me. And at one point I said, how did we make weed so boring? Because we were talking about these like tiny little things and um, those literally the tiny little microbials make a huge difference, especially when we're talking about a product that can be consumed. And you spoke earlier about flour, but once that flour, you can either smoke it that way or it can get broken down into concentrates. Can you talk about what happens if it gets into the concentrate? Because it's a little different, right? So I'll I'll talk, you talk about the science, I'll talk about the the instance. So um, we've actually been approached by multiple extraction companies. Um, and, and customers as well. And uh, there's two schools of thought out there on extraction. One says, since it goes through extraction, no matter what the method, whether it's, you know, butane uh, uh, or CO2 or whatever, um, you know, it's it's a pure process, it's a distillation, and there's no way that any kind of microbials can drop into the, the oil. And we get people that call us up and say, we got salmonella in our oil. <laughs> or we've got, you know, we've got pathogens in our oil. So uh, we've been... Um, uh, contacted by both sides and, and, and extract companies because sometimes if, if the product's so dirty when it goes in, I guess it, it pollutes the whole extraction yeah. process, and then it keeps creeping through. And they've tried different things, you know, ethylene oxide, ozone, whatever, to, to clean it out, and they're not able to. So we've actually got a customer in South Carolina, believe it or not, that's using a, a unit that they bought for uh, for flour from us that they're treating the oil with. You know, it, our, our unit will treat. Any stage of the process. Any stage, yeah. As long as it's not made out of lead, it's going to be fine. Yeah, let's not make it out of lead. Yeah, I mean, kind of what George said, there's two schools of thought. and But I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people come to me, at least on the science side, and say, I, I think it's there. I, I don't think it's getting rid of it. Or it's contaminated my equipment. Or I will have to turn product away because it's contaminated and I don't want to contaminate my equipment. And... You know, who knows? I guess the science is still open on that in, in reality. But if there's a way to not have to think about it, why even take the chance? That's kind of the way I see it. Interestingly enough, though, it's a good question because one of the things that a lot of the investors ask us about and the growers um, is when they when they spend a couple million dollars or you know a couple hundred millions of dollars in a large grow operation. They want to make sure that they're getting 100% return for their product. Right. So the flour is the most expensive thing, uh, or the most, you know, the, the highest priced thing. So if they have a, a crop of flour, let's just say they have a thousand pounds of, of flour and it fails microbial testing, and they can't sell it, and they got to change it to extract. Many of them are telling telling us they're getting 20, 20 to 25 cents on the dollar. So they're losing money instead of being able to run it through a process that, that they can actually go back and sell that process. And, and we've actually had customers that have bought units that they, they failed the microbial testing and they've had a couple million dollars worth of product on the shelf. Remember, when it's on the shelf, it hasn't stopped growing. 
and then they put it through our unit, and they're able to go back and re- retail safely, retail sale that. So one of the things that, you know, obviously here at MJ BizCon, there's all sorts of different type of extraction and extraction solutions. Uh, from a research perspective, is, have you found that one is better than the other in terms of, you know, just we keep talking about consumer safety. And so, you know, for what you guys are, are working with, have you seen one kind of being better than the other or is it just different? We like to focus a lot more on preserving the investments, of, in, in, particularly in the flower side of it, because that is the more valuable side of it. it. If people are into extraction and that's what they want to do, we welcome them with open arms. But why lose the value of your flower when you don't have to? And that's what we see ourselves as, is a solution to save the most valuable aspect of the product. So everybody's got their, their, their little brewing technique. Everybody's got their extraction technique and it's unique to them. And everybody's figured out their process and that's great. Um, I have heard people come to us in terms of extraction and say, well, all that contamination concentration, when you're working in a volume this big and then you, like you said, put it into a concentrate, that same amount is in that now smaller volume. So you're actually working with probably what's kind of considered more contaminated stuff. But but our company focuses more on trying to save the more valuable aspect, which is the flour. Fantastic. No, I was just saying, it, it, I've heard the same thing around it being more dense. This is really yeah, helpful. And, and I haven't done any personal studies on that, and, and that's not my field of expertise. I just am going by what you're saying yeah. is kind of the, the school of thought. Absolutely. Uh, when you guys are, are kind of out in the field and you know sharing resources, you know, what are you finding uh, that people are, are searching for when they come to look for you? And if a business is looking to kind of get started, you know, how do they find you? Well, I think the guys hit the nail. It's really about, first of all, they understand that this needs to happen. You know, no longer is the question, do we need to remediate? Now it's, what's the best form of remediation? So what we're finding is people coming up to us who have tried alternative solutions that haven't worked. And saying that, oh, this is the preferred method in the Netherlands, in Canada, for medicinal cannabis. And we're the only ones out there that have been doing it for as long as we have, that has a patented technology behind it. So we're an easy find. Once you know what to look for, you find us. Sure. And now the booth has been really busy because we have enough tests out there where people are being forced into this corner. Now they're coming to us. So our job is really to mitigate the misconceptions, get people to understand that the technology is widely used, it's widely preferred, it works, and now you just need to come and actually see it. So what are some of the major misconceptions that you're finding? That it's radioactive, that you're going to turn green, <laughs> the biggest misconception. That, you know, you need to wear 10 layers of protection to operate the machine. Sure. It's the safest machine out there to use. You don't need a clean room. Yeah, so, so and, and just to piggyback on that, you know, uh, it uses photons, and, and we were in the electromagnetic spectrum, much like RF, much like UV, um, and also gamma. But the, the, the thing that people have, uh, the conceptual leap that, that people have to, to understand is that on the electromagnetic spectrum, it's all the photons, and at the far end is gamma, which is what they use in Canada and the Netherlands, which does use a radioactive source. But it doesn't make the product radioactive. It, 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 the photons pass through the product. They they, they inhibit the, the DNA in the product from from replicating, and then they, they leave. It does not leave any kind of uh, stigma or anything in, in the product itself. It does not change the look, the feel, the smell. The, it's 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 a cold treatment. It just uh, they use it on blood. We use it on blood. That's the same technology we use on blood. 
and, and, and just to even clarify more, we don't use gamma. And in fact, our company was founded not to use gamma. We wanted to get rid of those radioactive isotopes, especially in a post 9-11 world. We wanted to go one step down and use x-ray. So we're basically a high power light bulb. We, we use electron stimulation. There's no radioactivity, no radioactive mechanism. And that's the, that's what makes our machine so safe. We have, um, we're actually partnering with the, um, some of the government national laboratories replacing radioactive um, uh, sources in blood irradiators around the world in, in high-risk uh, countries because of uh, you know possible terrorism attacks and, and definitely in the U.S. So and that's on the blood side. So you know the you know we're we're looked to as a as one of the premium places. In fact, one of the largest blood suppliers in the U.S. And I, I wouldn't say the name, but they are probably the lar- they are the largest blood supplier in the U.S. Uh, they have 36 of our units right now on the blood side. Right, so that's really a public health thing. If yeah. you're right. putting blood, doing blood transfusions, so that's serious. I've yeah. been to national safety conferences where the federal, the FBI is involved, uh, especially right before Atlanta, where we're based out of Georgia, is uh, was hosting a Super Bowl, and they wanted to get rid of all of the isotope sources in the area before the Super Bowl came, and so our blood irradiators. And I, and I like to, and that's a, that's the great thing is we are a medical device company, so we take that same technology and those same standards, even though our marijuana equipment's not regulated by the FDA, and, and no equipment is because it doesn't have any oversight right, right now. But we still take that same principles and we put it in all of our technology. So it's, we're, we're holding all of our machines to the same standards as our medical device. So you hit on something. So what would you tell state lawmakers who are thinking about this, about how to set standards? So we're talking about setting standards for lab repar- lab testing. Right. Um, but we're, I, and you said earlier that lawmakers are starting to look at the remediation side because we're hearing rumors, and again, there's a lot of rumors in this industry, that some of the the product, you said earlier that in, uh, investors want an ROI on their investment, rightfully so. And so if you have a field of weed that is covered in mold, uh, and you can't put it on the shelf, sometimes it's going to the black market, right? So how how do we set standards so that there is, as part of the the, the future protocols, right. we have a lot of them, that we have remediation as a core, core principle? So that's one of the things that we are trying to do, and I'm, I'm actually personally trying to work with, with uh, state regulators. If we can get in to the, to the state's process for writing the regulations and the testing, and whether it's our method or whatever method, just make sure that, that there is a method. A remediation of, step in the SOP. Of yeah, remediations right. in the in the state um, in the state guidelines that say, hey look, if you're if you're if you send your, your, your product out and and, um, and you fail testing, there is a step you can do which is remediation. Or there's even a, a couple states that say, hey, we want everything to run through just put it through before you even send it to the test. That's the part that's that right. I think makes why the most sense. Why waste that's, our time? That's right. why. That's what we want. And um, from a public health standpoint, yeah, exactly. Machine. I mean, we we'll sell a lot of machines, and there's a lot of competitors in the space. And um, but you know, the idea is, why not just send it in at zero every time, yeah. or or too few to detect, then have to worry about sending it out and, and um, making phone calls that you didn't pass, having to deal with the remediation steps. Right. You know. 
more transportation back and forth, more, re- more oversight. about how it continues to grow, those right. microbials on the shelf. And we have test results that show that. I mean, it's, it's just it's just common sense and science that, it, it, you know, you can knock it down, even though states have a certain level that they have it at, even if it comes in at 9,000 and your, your, uh, and your, your threshold's 10,000, how long is it going to take it for it to go grow over that 10,000 again, especially at a high high number like 9,000? So, but... You know, I, I don't want to knock the states at all. I want to praise the states because yeah, right. they are actually, they're the frontline defense. They have some very sharp people. Um, and they're learning. I was actually with the state of California with their regulation people um, about a month and a half ago. They're all PhD scientists. These guys, they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what questions to ask. They're, they're, they, their number one issue is public safety. And when I see right. that, that's what I want to be a part of. What scares me is what they're talking about is things are passing, let's say, at this 9,000 level. I'm not, let's say, a medicinal cardholder or somebody that has a doctor's note that says, but I know I'm allergic to mold. It's passing at levels that I can feel and make me uncomfortable. And so me as a you know, user, when I go into a dispensary, one of the first questions I'm always acting is, which of these brands do you know that have been irradiated? What do I know for certainty isn't going to make me have an asthma attack tonight just because I'm trying to combat something else that's going on with me? So back to that, how do we regulate? Where do we set those standards? That's where I stand behind this so fervently is because I know what's passing. And what's passing isn't good enough. And it's not. And you know what it feels like when it hurts. Exactly. <laughs> Interestingly enough, though, I mean, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of dispensaries and dispensary owners and stuff. They don't even know in the dispensary what's been through our process with, with photonic treatment or through a heat process or an ozone process. You don't know. What only thing they're concerned about is what's past state testing or what hasn't passed state testing. Okay, because from from their standpoint, that's what they're looking at. And, and you know, um, you know, we don't want to put additional. Regulatory concerns right. on on the on the growers. We don't want to, you know. Only thing we're here to do is say, hey, look, from a grow perspective, from an investor perspective, if you're having a problem, especially when it's you know attributed to public safety, we have a solution that that we'll that we'll work with with you on. One of the other things is that you know, um, you know, we have a lot of demand for the product. But I will tell you, over the last year that I've been doing, the, you know, working with with, um, with BradSource, um, nobody's ever returned a unit. We have people that have multiple units, multiple units, and uh, our new customers come to us usually from existing customers. So, because they've been through different methods, and everybody will tell them, oh, you know, this this green stuff will work, or you know, this gas will work, or this this heat will work, you know, um, but. Uh, you know, then they, they get it and it doesn't really work to the level that they want. And they, they come to us and we have to prove to them that it works. We prove to them that it works and they go, holy crap, let me tell my buddy about this. You right. know? And, and we get a lot of a lot of referrals. We had people in the booth yesterday. Raving. Yeah, raving. Customers were talking to people that were there talking to us saying, we don't believe it works. And they were like, oh yeah, it does. You know, so. <laughs> That's the best when you can have uh, your customers yeah. be, be your best salespeople, yeah. really, right? So, Tim, yes. what, why don't you tell us, uh, how do we connect with RadSource? Where do we find you? Well, you can connect on our website, www.radsource.com. Super simple. Yes. Perfect. And it sounds very rad. Pretend that I came up with that on my own. We're bringing it back. <laughs> you have to, uh, when you go on the website, you have to look at the cannabis section, though, because uh, remember, we do do. You do the other stuff, too. We do other stuff, too. So we, we don't lead, lead to, uh, we don't lead with cannabis. Uh, interestingly enough, um, we also do viral inactivation. Um, so things like the rotavirus, Ebola, the vaccines, you know, 
So we have units that do that kind of things. Uh, and then we, we are also working um, with sterile insect technology. So we actually work with uh, state governments and international governments to bring down um, river blindness, um, um, tsetse fly, malaria. Uh, malaria, things like that. We're working with Zika right now. Yeah. So you don't do the gamma, but you do do we the gamut. Do. Oh, the gamut. <laughs> they absolutely do the gamut. They are so engaged in policy and consumer protection that I'm really excited we had the opportunity to speak with them because, as you can see, George is taking a very proactive approach with his technology and this entire organization. And I'm really glad that we were able to have Diane here for this because she was able to kind of stew on it from a policymaker's perspective. And George mentioned it a few times, that engagement with local and federal and international policymakers to expand awareness and things that we can do to prevent the microbial contaminants from getting into our cannabis. And so we're going to put the link up to their website because there's a great video there that, Matt, you found. Over at radsource.com slash cannabis, they explain what their whole irritator technology is really doing and how it's cleaning um, the cannabis without damaging the terpenes or any of the really important properties. So they're doing an amazing thing. It's a really high quality company and they have their arm in a lot of places. They are verified by the World Health Organization. You know, they're doing work in Africa. So I really believe in this company and I'm super grateful they came on the podcast and that we had Diane on. She really brings in that excellent viewpoint. And Rise, you mentioned the collaboration that's happening here between the industry, the policy, and the consumer is creating a balanced cycle. 100%. And, and everybody needs to be working on it together. I mean, it's the only way that we're going to ensure safety. But one of the other things is protection for the businesses, right? Because I believe Gary from Kova had mentioned it, where in in most businesses and in most industries, you make a mistake, you rectify it, you fix it, you make sure that you don't do it again. In this industry, the margin of error is nil. People have put their lives and livelihoods into their business, and maybe they took on losses for a couple years, and they're just getting over those hurdles, and then boom, one error, and and you lose your business. And so it's important to collaborate and make sure that we're doing things right from the beginning. So Matt, what was their website? Check out radsource.com slash cannabis. That'll bring you directly to the place you need has all the information and it has some really cool videos. Definitely check these guys out. They have your back. Radsource.com. And as always, please visit weedbudsradio.com. And wherever you're listening to us today, we appreciate it more than you know if you would rate, review, and share this episode with anybody and everybody you know. Until next time, puff, puff, peace. peace.